The good old clap, take one. That's right. How many of you knew what you wanted to be when you were seven years old? I did. I wanted to be world champion. Hey, is there honesty involved in this podcast? Can we be honest? You can shut your fucking lips. And then I'll just say, put them up once. Let's go. He's like, you look too pretty on the wave. Get ugly. We can talk about DMT if you want. It's out of your boxes. All right. We are here for our third lineup live. Um, possibly the last lay day of the Rip Curl WSL Finals. The Tourism Competition Office put a yellow alert on this morning for a probable start tomorrow, which means this might be the last lineup live. Thankfully, we've got none other than Bethany Hamilton with us today. Round of applause for Bethany. Aloha, everyone. This is my first like live podcast, and I've done a lot of podcasts, so this is different and cool. This is my third, so don't worry about it. The, um, I, I think you had a signing here earlier today, and there I heard I heard the place was at capacity. Yeah, it was awesome. We had a lot of young young girls and boys, so that's always great, and it was a fun time. Well, I appreciate you making the time. I, I know you're very very busy. Um, quick request to everyone in the audience today. Um, if you want to get photos, try to take them while we're doing the podcast, because I know Beth has to run almost immediately after that. But appreciate you making the time for this. You're here in San Clemente. Uh, how long have you been here and what have you been getting up to? Yeah, so my family and I have been on the road for uh, almost two months now, just doing a bunch of travel while we can. And um, after a long time stint at home and we're so used to travel, so... Yeah, we're just banging out a bunch of things. And we've been in San Clemente now for almost a week and um, just doing some stuff for Rip Curl because I've been surfing for them since I was like nine years old. So they wanted me out here for the finals, which I was stoked to come and be here. And especially being around lowers, it's just um, it's so iconic for young American surfers. And so being back here and to be honest, like the world title to be determined in the next few days is pretty mind-boggling to me and I think it's going to be like the most ultimate pressure event we've ever seen so I'm pretty excited to watch it and the forecast looks fun so that's a bonus. Have you yourself have you getting any waves out of lowers lately? I surfed lowers um, the other day I got ran over in the first like 25 minutes so woohoo! <laughs> and I actually caught waves which was awesome because it can be really hard to get waves out there so that was awesome and I've just been trying out some boards at the beach breaks and I'm going to be competing down at the Supergirl next weekend. So I got boards just kind of like re-familiarizing myself with the beach breaks here. I surf mostly reef at home. I'm pretty spoiled. So um, yeah, just kind of getting a grip back on things. You know, we were, we were talking in the back about how challenging the last 18 months have been for, for everybody. Um, but you competing in a QS event in a couple of weeks. It must have been a long time before you've competed since the last one. Yeah, so my last event was in Australia. So we were in Australia. I did the first two or three events there. And then we flew to New Zealand. And it was like as we got on the plane to New Zealand, they called off the event and that was like when COVID locked everything down. So we were already in New Zealand. We got a camper van and rode around New Zealand and did some camping. And that was amazing. And, um, but it was pretty crazy. Like we got like the last flight to Hawaii 
um, and then hunkered down at home for a while. I've had the benefit of knowing you for, for many, many years. And um, both inside and outside the water, you're someone to me who is incredibly resilient um, and adaptable and uh, inspiring. Um, you know, early, early on in your career, you, you were targeting the championship tour. You were a national star. Um, and in 2003, it was the attack. How did you shape your mind after that? What, what was your focus point going from, I'm a young person, I'm carefree, I'm doing these amateur events, I want to win a world title, to my life has changed? Yeah, I guess like before I lost my arm, I would say Carissa and I were like the ones to be in our local region. And then I had finished runner up in the nationals and I was only 13. And back then I feel like most of the best girls were like between 16 and 18. So that was pretty promising. And like, I also had the full package of like good body type, um, determination, desire, family support, like all the checks off the box. And so when I lost my arm, it was like, okay, that was not part of the plan. But what I had going for me was such a healthy mindset. Um, I lived a life, I live a life of faith. So I trusted that even though this wasn't what I had in mind, I believed that God had more for my life. And, and then I was just thankful to be alive too. And I think gratitude is so key. So if anyone listening today is struggling, I encourage you to just literally dig deep and find things to be thankful for because I know everyone's going through a really hard time or has been or will be and um, the world's not an easy place to just breeze life breeze through life right now so I think it's just a lot of conflict and it feels like there's a lot going against just everything so I think just fighting for your gratitude is so important when it comes to mindset and that like pushed me in a good direction. You know, it led me to just be thankful for life. And even though I didn't know what my future held, I was willing to try and give it a go. And, and then once I got back on my surfboard, it like went better than I even thought. And I think I just continually surprised myself and just having that willingness to try, even when things were really hard, like just gave me more than I could have dreamed of. I mean, in addition to the, the physical recovery and, and, and sharpening your ability on a surfboard again to the point where you're competing with the world's best surfers, you immediately became a global sensation outside of surfing. You know, there was a book and a film and a documentary and you were still so, so young. How did you deal with the global fame and the attention and the pressure that that brought you outside of the water? Yeah, I think having the ocean um, kept me grounded and also my faith kept me grounded because I hated the attention. I didn't want that at all. And um, I guess like the only kind of reason for kind of keeping up with it was like I saw how people were encouraged by my story. And even at that young age, I could like put together that well, there's other children going through really hard times and maybe them seeing me get back on my board will help them get back on their board, whatever that might be, whether they surf or not, you know, the um, metaphorical, like getting back on your board, getting back on the horse. 
And so um, I think there is just a really good balance, though, for me is like there was a lot of attention, but just the ocean is an even playing ground. Like the ocean wasn't easier on me than it was on anyone else. And I think I love that that environment really pushed me forward to, you know, it's like everyone could offer help on land, but once it got in the ocean, it was just up to me <laughs> to figure it out and push through the pain points and the frustrating days. And then the days that were rewarding were just like that much um, more beautiful. And so to even to this day, the ocean is my happy place. Like it's a place of just um, centering and finding my calm and <laughs> recovering from all the chaos on land and now motherhood, like just having my little mommy breaks. <laughs> well, let's talk about that because um, you know, several years ago you met your husband, Adam, and you've got three beautiful boys. You've got Tobias, Wesley, and Micah, and you're still a professional surfer. You're still a, a globally renowned professional surfer. That's incredibly challenging. How, how, do you, how do you balance all that? I think life's a forever balance. And I don't know if I'm always quite balanced as I'd like to be. Um, I think some days are busier than others. So I think it's just kind of like finding that flow. And I've learned to like listen to myself when I'm feeling like stressed out or anxious or just like overwhelmed. Chances are I'm doing too much in the day, so I just slow it down, tune it, tune it back, turn the social media off, um, get in the ocean and have some solid quality time with my loved ones. And then, um, but at the same time, I'm so energized by the life I get to live. So I love still pushing it in my surfing. And now like the beach and Ocean is such a family environment, so bringing the family with to the beach, and now Tobias, my oldest, is surfing, and the three-year-old's not far behind, and eventually the baby will have to surf. That's like a family requirement. <laughs> they gotta be um, compatible or, you know, be able to handle themselves in the ocean. Living in Hawaii is like a family requirement. <laughs> On the professional surfing side for yourself, you, you've achieved so much, you know, in the big wave realm and the championship tour realm with wild cards on the qualifying series, your amateur career. As a professional surfer, what are your future goals? Do you still want to qualify for the championship tour? Do you want to put out more film projects? What, what are you thinking for the next few years? My youngest baby is seven months old now. And to be honest, um, going back to March, April of 2020, when everything shut down, that was like a really hard time for me personally. Like I put a lot on the line, a lot of preparation for the QS. I like kind of allowed myself this opportunity to like go all in on the QS and actually like stab at trying to qualify. So to have that stripped was like really mentally challenging and it took me like solid four months to recover, if that. And that was when we decided to have our third baby because we we're like, I think it's gonna be a lot more than two weeks to flatten the curve. <laughs> So we're like, let's have another baby because we knew we wanted another baby. And so that's been such a joy just to grow our family. And um, I'm incredibly grateful for motherhood. And I know not everyone gets to experience that. And um, there's nothing quite like it and nothing quite as beautiful. 
And so fast forwarding to now, I'm like finally starting to breathe after having the third baby. And it's a lot. It's a lot having three children. And you guys are outnumbered now. Yeah, we're outnumbered. Like plane rides are hectic now. Um, I think I cried our last two plane rides because <laughs> it felt really hard, <laughs> but we got through it and we're here. <laughs> um, and we had some amazing travels. We were in Costa Rica this last month, which is a super rad place and got some surf and yeah, it's just awesome. But I don't, to be honest, I just don't have goals right now. Like I don't know what I want and I think it's okay to like let go of ambition for a bit of time. Like I think our world is so ambition focused and um, everyone's just like, what are you going to do? What are you going to accomplish? Like, what are you going to make of yourself when we should just accept ourselves as we are and whatever we do is a bonus. And so that's kind of how I'm feeling right now is like there's so, the sky is the limit with cool things that I could do. And I have a lot, a big heart for just helping people. And I think Specifically, mentally, a lot of people are struggling. Um, I, you know, you could just tell what all the repercussions of an economic shutdown and the fear that people are living in. And these things are like really um, big to me. And I would love to help people um, in different ways. So I've been doing a bit of life coaching, which has been cool. And how do you get on that list to be, you know? If someone wants to use your life coach, if anyone oh. in this audience wants to use oh, your life coach. It's on my website, you know, <laughs> just go to the website. But yeah, I have some cool programs I've been working on. So I'm going to be doing more in that realm um, in the future. And I don't know, like with surfing, I just don't really like the environment of travel with my family. And I don't want to do any type of quarantining with my boys because I don't think children should be confined in tight spaces Um, So they're my first and foremost. So just putting my family first is really important to me. And um, whatever comes beyond that is a bonus. And I don't know. I just, I definitely have been doing some good surfing at home lately. So I'm like, well, you know, I could still do a lot with surfing. But I also see the younger generation, I'm like, oh my gosh, like five years from now, the younger girls are like going to blow up surfing like we've never seen before. So that's super exciting. And I'm cheering all the young girls on. It's so cool to see. And um, I feel like five, 10 years from now, the world tour is going to be a different environment. We talked about how the Rip Curl WSL Finals has been put on yellow alert for a possible start tomorrow. It's a unique format. We have the WSL Final Five, top five men and women from this season. Number five will surf against number four. The winner will surf against number three. The winner will surf against number two. And then the winner will surf against the number one seed for best two out of three for the world title. If you were in this event, which number would you want to be? One, two, three, or four, or five? I think that's an easy question. <laughs> I guess maybe, maybe not number one, maybe number two. Because you surf less heats. Um, I just feel like having all the energy in the world to going into the three heat surf off would be a huge advantage. Sure. Um, to be honest, like I love Carissa, but I'm kind of rooting for Tati. I grew up with her on Kauai, and um, I think she's just worked so hard, and it'd be cool to see someone else, an underdog, win the world title. 
Um, but if Carissa wins, that'd be amazing, but you can never underestimate Steph. Joanne's insane. Sally, she's been wanting this so hard for like years and she's been so close. So it's a pretty cool top five we got it's a good feel. to watch. What about on the men's side? Who'd you pick? Um, for some reason, I'm rooting for Felipe. <laughs> I just like, I think I've always loved his surfing, but I also like love it. Hello, surfing. And he's a goofy. Um, Gabriel, you know, he's rip curl, but I don't know. There's something about the other two that I just think it'd be cool to see someone else win a world title. Um, and it would be mind blowing if, um, to me, if Morgan won and that would be pretty cool. <laughs> um, and then Connor's an amazing surfer, but I think it would be hard for him to win with all the air game going on and with the, the Brazos. <laughs> sure. That makes sense. Well, Let's assume that we've got more than two weeks to flatten the curve in the next couple of months, couple of years, please, couple of months. World gets back to normal. There's no more quarantines. Everyone's free roaming. The kids are allowed to go back outside. You do the regional qualifying series in Hawaii. You're wildly successful. You go onto the Challenger series. You're wildly successful. You're on the championship tour. And at the end of 2022, you're in the Rip Curl WSL Finals. Where would you like it to be? Ooh, wow. We're going to make the decision right here. This is, this is going to be canon. I can pick anywhere in the world. Knock yourself out. It's got to be in September, though. That's my only parameter. Okay, macaroni is easy. Indonesia. <laughs> Finally, we get someone else that backs macaroni. Round of applause for macaroni's 2022 Rip Curl WSL Finals venue. Let's go. Let's go. I'm going to get fired after this one. Um, so, With like green bush as a back backup spot. Imagine, imagine. <laughs> we're into it. We're gonna we're willing it into being. <laughs> so we are streaming live on some social media platform at the moment, but we have so many people here right now. Does anyone have a question for Bethany? Does anyone want to come to the microphone and ask a question before we go to the Instagram questions? Come on up. Hi, Bethany. Hi, Dave. What's, what's the, please, your name first. I'm Molly. Where are you from, Molly? And I live in San Clemente. All right. Hi, Molly. Hi. I want to know what drove you to want to surf big waves. Gosh. Well, big waves, I think it was, like, ingrained in me from when I was a child because I was always charging bigger waves than maybe, like, my peers as a young girl. And maybe it's a bit of like the Hawaiian born in me and having two older brothers, but maybe just like my tenacious spirit too. I just don't think it's for everyone. I think everyone could get there if they wanted to, but some people just have that like natural bit of crazy in them, I would say. <laughs> I didn't grow up in Hawaii, so I don't have that problem. <laughs> Anyone else, any questions from the audience? We got someone. What's your name, buddy? Uh, Peter Madsen. Where are you from? Uh, Utah, Salt Lake City. Utah, all right. What's your question? Are you ever just like scared when you're surfing? And if you are, then how do you get over it? That's a great question. I was in Salt Lake City, by the way, recently, and I love that area. Um, yeah, I think fear is a natural part of life and recognizing it is really important. Like, it's okay to be fearful. Like, we all have different fears that we're dealing with and that come across our 
um, realm of space or whatever. Um, and the ocean especially can be really intimidating at times. And um, throughout my life, I've had different fears that I've had to work through. And I guess my personal approach is just facing them head on and just going into the zone that I'm fearful of in a sense. And that just helps me. And sometimes I know that like being with friends or family, just like surfing with other people, like especially, you know, after I lost my arm, dealing with like my fear of not being able to surf was a big one. So I just went out there and tried and then I could do it. And then <laughs> it just only went up from there. And, and also dealing with my fear of sharks, I had to like get out there and I started, started off like surfing really close to shore. Like I didn't want to go way out there. And eventually I got further and further out. And the times that I did go way out there, I went with a big pack of friends and I surfed where it was busy and I stayed busy myself catching a lot of waves. And, you know, I think sometimes just doing some like basic thinking too, like the chances of me getting bit again are very like rare. Like it's not something that happens very often. So just thinking of it from like a statistical standpoint, but also just kind of, I don't know if that helps, but just working through it and facing it head on, facing it with people that you love or that make it fun and talking about it and just knowing that you're not alone and that I think is important too. Like everybody has their fears and it's okay. But I think not letting it build up too much in your head is important because sometimes we like let things build up in our head and they almost become like, it's like in front of us is a cute little palm tree and then all of a sudden it turned into this like supersized GMO palm tree that's like 100 feet tall, but really it's only like, 15 foot tall but in our head it's like 150 foot tall so not letting it get way up there like letting it scale back to its reality nightmares about gmo palm trees <laughs> okay <laughs> got anyone else oh yeah come on up oh yeah hi bethany hi. it's so great to meet you um, i'm here with my sister and i just want to say your faith is so inspiring to us so thank you. Um, and I had a question. What has the ocean taught you about who God is? Oh, gosh, I feel like there's a lot of ocean analogies. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I'm not like really the type of person to look at nature and think of God. I do think like I view um, the world and Earth as a creation versus a, a Big Bang Theory. So. Um, I just really enjoy being in nature and I feel like God has given us nature for that reason to like just enjoy his creation and kind of like let go of like a lot of the craziness the world may throw our way. So I think it's a great place of like just rejuvenation and I think for me though just my faith in God is like looking to the Bible and like reading his word and like letting his word overcome any of the like the chaos going on around me and like checking in with my thoughts if like they're you know sometimes we can like get caught carried up in our mind and our thoughts and they can turn into dark and um like dark places so like letting god's word kind of stop me free from that and in general and just trusting that god has 
you know, a bigger plan beyond whatever we may be facing on the day to day. We saw, yep. Come on up. Oh. Hi. Hey. Uh, if you could give young girls one piece of advice, what would that be? Ooh, one piece of advice? Just one. Oh, man. Um, I think for young women, if I had to nail it down to one thing, I would say setting boundaries around your passions and loves and the life you actually want to live. And so thinking through like what you envision for your life and the boundaries that are necessary to live that out. I think we're living in a time where so much is told to young women to do this, do that, you'll be okay, nothing's gonna hurt you, even if you make all these decisions that will truly have lifelong impacts. So setting the boundaries that protect the life you wanna live and surrounding yourself with people that are gonna cheer on those kind of boundaries, so to say. And I'm not saying like don't live freely and like chase life passionately uh, or not chase life passionately. I'm saying like go for it, but making these decisions along the way as you get older and older that, you know, really think through what the world is saying. Like, yeah, this is going to make you happy, but will it make you happy? So choosing your boundaries wisely as you are growing up. Probably have time for one more from the crowd before we go to the, uh, the digital questions. Hi, Bethany. Hi. Um, I just recently watched your uh, documentary, and it was just amazingly inspiring. My favorite part was when you were training really hard for um, this competition, and I started surfing recently, so I would love to um, hear more about what you were doing besides surfing as far as like conditioning, because I feel like it's hard to get, like you get a full body workout with surfing, but especially like your legs, like sometimes it feels like you're not totally balanced. So maybe like uh, walk through what the training you're going through. Oh then. my gosh, that's a big, big <laughs> one. I have such, I would say I have a pretty unique approach because I have one arm. So I've learned a lot about like keeping the body strong through a healthy posture and body alignment. So a lot of my focus stems from um, starting there. And so I've worked with like specialists to create like just things to help me keep my body aligned and posturally strong, which therefore like allows my body to be stronger in the long run. Because if our body is not aligned in the first place, then it's gonna be hard to like build up our strength um, in a healthy way. So I would say like that's really my biggest advice. Plus, I think that gives you longevity as well. Like just going through um, as I get older, like I really want to continue to surf strong regardless of whether or not I'm competing or not. Um, I just want to surf good because it feels good when you surf strong. <laughs> um, but yeah, just doing full body, different types of full body training. Um, I do a lot more like I don't even know the name of what I'm doing nowadays. It's way different than the things I've done in the past, but it's a lot of rotational movement with like functional body movement, a little bit of weight, but not too much weight. I could probably do a bit more, but I just had the baby. So we're in a different season right now. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know, just finding things that you have fun doing too. Like I think like finding fitness that's fun is 
gonna like have a lot more longevity too and just doing things that you enjoy um but i don't know if we have enough time to really dive deep on that one <laughs> that's a life coach website sign up thing, so. <laughs> so we we did get a bunch of questions in from the folks watching on instagram live but a few of them have been asked but one that has not is from nikki 2102 and the question is would you ever want to work in surfing one day as a commentator or a behind the scenes person, or uh, I added this part, podcast co-host. Okay, if I worked in surfing, I would definitely do some form of coaching. Like I've actually already been dreaming of doing like performance coaching for young girls who have like the potential to go professional. And I just have had such a unique approach that like, I think I even have a lot of edge over a lot of the main world tour girls, like my understanding of like the body and health. And um, I've just invested so much time in that realm. And plus like, I have a few other things up my sleeve that I think could really help young girls like um, get, get good. So that would probably be the only area I think I could really enjoy and have fun doing. And um, I think it could, be a combo of like surf training, but also life coaching and just having fun together. That's a great answer. So well, maybe one day I'll get in that that realm. I love it. Well, I, I hope we get to see you back in the Rashi competing soon here at the Supergirl Pro and again in future. Bethany, thank you so much for coming on the lineup. Round of applause. <laughs> And everyone, make sure you catch out the Rip Curl WSL Finals. The world title is on the line, possibly tomorrow. Do not miss it.